Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for listening today, and Happy Mother's Day to those that are listening. Happy Mother's Day to you, Pastor Margaret. Thank and you. And our guest, uh, Jenny Foltz, who attends our church here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene. Happy Mother's Day to thank you. Thank you, thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us today, Jenny. It's good to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, Jenny, uh, just to give us a little bit of background, just tell us a little bit, starting off here about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Sure. I am one of four children. I'm the third. There's uh, myself, uh, two sisters above me, and I have a younger brother. I was born and raised in New Orleans um, in a Christian home. We grew up uh, Baptist, and then we moved to Texas when I was about eight. We lived in Dallas for a few years, about three years, and then Fort Worth, Texas, and then I stayed in Texas for a while, went to college down Galveston, and then went back to New Orleans working as a nurse for four years as a pediatric nurse. Thanks for sharing that. Like, what was church when you were growing up? Were you in church regularly? What was that like for you? Right, it's a good question. Um, for me, I always went to church mm-hmm. Sundays mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesdays. We were surrounded by a great church my personal family, but just our friends uh, who I watched grow up, my parents' friends, their relationships. So I was disengaged in it, 100%. Right. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So I actually voiced becoming a Christian when I was about, I was in, I was in Dallas at that mm-hmm. time. I was about 11 or 12 mm-hmm. years old. But um, I would say it actually happened before that. Mm-hmm. I can't tell the exact date. Or year, I'm thinking it was probably months or years before I actually had the courage to mm, tell my parents. Mm. Because, and that actually kind of falls into my story of this past couple of years. I've always been kind of, I guess you'd call it people pleaser, afraid mm-hmm. of what people think of me. And so in the pews, I would kind of hear like Jesus speaking to me. And they'd always ask like, if you want to come up, if you want to dedicate your life to Jesus and walk with him you know, come on mm-hmm. up. And I would, I would know in my heart that's what I needed to do, but I was too scared. I was like, right. no, I don't want to get up in front of all these people. And I can't even tell you when that was, but I just knew that he was calling mm-hmm. me. And so, I mean, Jesus asked us to stand for him, mm-hmm. to have the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And you have to make that choice right. with right. everything in your life. Um, and that was kind of the start of, are you going to make this choice? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be willing to stand up for mm-hmm. me and to show everyone else that, you're following me and that you love me. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the start of that journey because I finally was able to. And I, I can be a little slow learner and a little mm-hmm. stubborn. So sometimes <laughs> it takes me a little longer to learn those things. But I was thankful that he was patient with me and just kept calling me and kept calling mm-hmm. me. And, and finally, I did it. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, Jenny. And I can relate. I mean, I think all of us sometimes have a little bit of you know, is this you, God, or is, mm-hmm. is this really what you're asking me to do? Right. Like, this is uncomfortable, right. or this is scary. Mm-hmm. But as you were talking, you were talking about growing up in Texas and then working in New Orleans mm-hmm. as a nurse. So what brought you to the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia? <laughs> right, that is a big question, isn't it? <laughs> well, I met Alex Foltz, who is now my husband of about four and a half years now. He is a third-generation turkey farmer, lives in actually Matthias, West Virginia. Um, and we met... Definitely through God, because it was kind of, it wasn't random, but it just felt random as human perspective. Through a friend, um, he played baseball at JMU. Alex did play baseball at JMU, and I was visiting my family in Texas. So we met, we dated long distance, and then I moved up here after we got married, and here I am. (laughs) And that was a big part of actually God growing my faith, because it kind of took me away 
from everything I knew, like how I lived. I always lived in big cities. I was surrounded by a lot of family and friends and kind of was plopped right in the middle of the country with no friends and my family was far. And I was like, Lord, what in the world did we just do? And so that, I just, it really made me dig in and be like, okay, you can, like, I think it was kind of him calling me, like, I want your whole heart. Mm. And that was his way of showing me that he didn't have a whole mm-hmm. heart, that I relied a lot of like comfort and relationships, which aren't a bad thing. But when you see that that is, I guess, a higher priority than your relationship with mm-hmm. God, he didn't have my whole heart. So right. that was one way of him taking me away from everything to show me that. So I was really humbled by that mm. and learned a lot through that experience and still am. <laughs> That's beautiful. Just our perspective of things sometimes humanly and what God is doing can be so different. Right. And just you having the presence of mind and God woos us from the time mm-hmm. we're born. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe in the Nazarene church that there's <laughs> provenient grace and it's a grace that draws us into mm-hmm. that relationship and until the end of life, until he calls us home. And so you see that even after accepting Christ that he wants more for us. Mm-hmm. And that's true for every one of us for sure. And what a change from the big cities of Texas to <laughs> Matthias. Right. <Big> so <laughs> can you give us a name or two that helped with that connection that people might recognize that kind of brought you and Alex together? Like how we met? Were there like, some people that maybe introduced us? Yes. Okay. Well, Joe Dizel, I, I know he used to go to church here, yes. but worked at Fellowship Christian athlete right. um, around town. So that's how Alex was connected with him. And Joe is actually from Texas as well. And also his good friend Josiah Jones helped with the baseball team. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Alex got connected. Both those boys are Texas boys. Mm-hmm. So Josiah is now married to my sister. Josiah and my sister were dating. And Josiah was back in Texas. And Joe was back in Texas. Wow. Um, and so Alex went to go visit them. And I happened to be there at the same time. And that's how we were connected. That's awesome. I wanted to make sure that we made that connection just (laughs) because there are times in our life that we may not understand why we're in a certain place. And I think about the years that Joe was here with FCA, and God did amazing things Mm -hmm. in those years um, through his presence in this valley. Mm -hmm. God used him greatly. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Um, And we miss you, Joe. But anyway, I wanted to make sure that we didn't miss the connection that happened right. and what brought you here and how detailed God yeah, is. Yeah, right. he does not he doesn't miss anything. Right. So anyway, yeah, that's just that powerful. Right, it is. Jenny, um just share with us what you feel like surrender looks like as a believer mm-hmm. um just in your life and anything along those lines that you would like to share. Okay. Well, part of um my surrender has been one moving up here. I've been up here 4 years now and just learning how that is different for me and how sometimes the way that we think our life should go is not always how God thinks it should go. And just because it's hard and difficult doesn't mean it's bad. And I've learned that through living here, but also through, I guess, just this past almost two years, I was diagnosed with cancer, colon cancer, at the age of, I just turned 30, and I was also seven weeks pregnant when I was mm-hmm. first diagnosed wow. um, with my first pregnancy. And through 
that, I guess, first living here and then going through the journey of the cancer, which I still am going through, has really humbled me and brought me to surrender. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, Lord, I'm sorry it took this much to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was thankful for it at the same time because of what I've learned through it. I've heard a story one time about just God wanting to refine us. Now that's actually a pretty painful process. Mm-hmm. Um, like how they do with gold, to purify gold, they have to turn up heat really, really high to get all those impurities out. And they just mm-hmm. keep scraping off impurities. Mm-hmm. They turn up the heat, scrape it off. And I feel like that is what God does in our lives and definitely what I've seen him do in my life and my husband's life these past couple of years. Mm-hmm just really turning up that heat high (laughs) yeah so it's been hard um but I wouldn't ask for anything else because of where it's brought me in my faith with Jesus you know I heard someone say one time that they ask a silversmith how he knew when the metal gold silver whatever Mm -hmm. was purified and he said, when I can see my reflection in it. Right. And isn't that a beautiful thing of when, Christ, you know, that's mm-hmm. the whole idea that mm-hmm. Christ's image, that his reflection would be in our life. Right. I think that is such a powerful mm-hmm. thought. And yeah, the heat does get turned up and it is uh, painful. But when you look back at what you've been through, coming out of the city, mm-hmm. dealing with cancer, Um, which I want to hear more about what God has done. But I wanted to just make this point. When you look back at who you were before that Mm. and who you are now, would you want to be that person before all of that happened? No, I would not. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and you look at that and go, wow, absolutely. Mm -hmm. God used that Mm -hmm. in my life to make, you know, he's making you more like him and reflecting. And when we can look at, that and have that perspective I think it helps so much Mm -hmm. attitude is a huge part of a journey like you're on yeah and I think also I had a misconception of the truth for sure and I think sometimes a lot of us do is we think that if we live a good quote-unquote good life Mm -hmm. that we're going to have a good life things will be easy and Mm -hmm. go just like we want them to and so when things kind of mess up or don't go the way we want them to we can kind of be taken aback like wait and then we start some of us might doubt, like, is God really here? Is, does he really love me? Is he good? Because why would this happen? Mm. Why would this happen to me if God is good? Right. And, I mean, nowhere in Scripture is that promised. Right. And so, like, I remember when I was going through this, and still am, I just had to go back to what I know. And I was thankful for the people in my life that could remind me, like, mm. if I was having a hard day. Because we're human, you know, we need help. We need a community around us to encourage us and build us up. But just to remind myself of what he has promised, that he Mm -hmm. loves me, that he is good, and that he will never leave me, that I don't need to be afraid. Mm. And that doesn't mean the circumstance changes, but my peace and what I know in Jesus does not change because he is unchanging. And he is the prize, not necessarily my health, not necessarily how long I'm going to be here Mm -hmm. or what happens but that he is silver lining, not my circumstance. And that I is to learn that. so powerful. I just, in the past, um, one day this, it may have been Sunday, I read a scripture and I feel like I need to share it right here because of something that you said. It's a scripture just, and it's actually, it's from Oswald Chambers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
from Jeremiah 45, 5, I will give your life to you as a prize in all places, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And he is the prize. Yeah. But the fact that no matter what we go through and no matter what we face, as believers, our life is eternal. Right. right. You know, and what a powerful thought that, you know, we may have to go to really tough places as believers. Um, he told us that we would suffer. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think that suffering is out there somewhere, right. and it's in the daily things that we deal with. Right. The suffering is here and now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're pretty hard on ourselves as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, be tough, you know, get through it. And we don't really maybe take into account the refining that's happening in our lives. But the fact that he would give us our life as a prize in all places, no matter where we go, um, just is such a powerful thought. And um, it is very obvious, and you've said a couple of times that you are still going through this journey. And I want Mm -hmm. to allow you to share that, the story of the past, Mm -hmm. since you were diagnosed and kind of what that's been like. But to realize as I look at you today, you have the peace of God that passes all understanding that is mm-hmm. promised to us mm-hmm. as believers. Mm-hmm. And um, what a prize that is, too, well, right? Yeah. Still learning. Yes. Goodness, yes. Thank yeah. you. And, Jenny, <laughs> as you were talking, the scripture verse came to my mind. You know, it says that we will have trouble in this world, right. but take heart because right. I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And I can tell through the smile on your face and mm-hmm. through the hope that you said that you've had that. Your hope comes in Christ, and that's the only place we can find our hope. So, yeah, share more with us about your journey and about, you know, how God has helped you and your husband get through this. Okay. Well, let's see. So that would have been June of 2017, where I had just found out I was pregnant, and um, I had a GI appointment because I just had uh, some... GI issues going on that I didn't really think much of. Remember, I'm a nurse, so I just kind of, mm-hmm. I know the really bad things, but also like, yeah, it's okay. Everything's fine. So we go in there, and, and um, I end up being diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer while seven weeks pregnant. Mm. And, you know, uh, we were confronted to abort the baby because with that standard treatment, you want to do IV chemo. You want to do radiation, which that would all be pointed mm-hmm. towards where the tumor was, which is also right behind my uterus. So having radiation while pregnant is not an option, and surgery. But Alex and I did not want to go that route because um, even though odds might have been against us, we knew that what God said about life and how he cherishes life mm-hmm. and how he's the creator of life, mm-hmm. it wasn't our responsibility to take a life away just Mm. to maybe better my chance of living and that was a tough just decision to explain to people not everyone understood it but I was thankful for my doctors being willing to say okay that's your decision let's see what we need to do now and so we did have to do things a little bit different I couldn't do radiation we did do a major abdominal surgery when I was nine weeks pregnant Mm. to where they had to get to the tumor which was under my uterus so she had to kind of move my uterus out of the way. And I've heard doctors say, it's amazing that your uterus didn't mm-hmm. spasm and you abort the baby. I knew that was a possibility that my baby might not make it, mm-hmm. you know, and that I might not make it. But I want to put that in God's hands mm-hmm. and not mine because he knows right. the whole story. And there's no way of knowing what could have happened. And so we both made it through the surgery. And actually, like, 
I was in the hospital for, this is just a neat tidbit, but I was in the hospital for a week after that surgery. So I was pregnant nine weeks, and then I left at 10 weeks. He was 10 weeks old at that time. And my OB came in every day and did an ultrasound to look at the baby. And from nine weeks to 10 weeks, he had little nubs for arms and legs, and then arms and legs at the end of the week. So just to see that young, at nine weeks old, Mm. the development day after day was a really neat thing and just kind of shows you you do have life, even, mm. I mean, at conception, that's what I believe and right. what the Bible tells us. And mm-hmm. so just to put that life in God's care was a really neat thing to see. But we had the surgery. Um, they did remove the tumor. I had to have an ileostomy, which was to protect the baby. Um, and not everyone is probably medical-wise, uh, but um, probably look that up. That, mm-hmm. Or do you want me to explain? You can explain it. Okay. Like, that's fine. So, um when they removed the tumor, it's in my intestines, so they took part of my intestines out of my large intestines, and then they sewed it back together. So what they are worried about is while you're healing, you could possibly have, like, some stool leakage at that sewing, mm-hmm. um, that part where they put it back together. So if I did, that could cause a really bad infection, which then in turn would most likely cause me to abort the baby. Mm-hmm. So to protect the baby mainly and myself, but... The pregnancy is they basically kind of like a heart um, bypass. It's kind of like an intestine mm-hmm. bypass. So they take your small intestines and they open up a part in your stomach and they put uh, the intestines like right up to your stomach wall. So then you have like a bag that goes mm-hmm. over that on your stomach, which then that's how you go to the bathroom. And as a nurse, I was thankful that I had taken care of those things with my patient. So it kind of gave me like, okay, I know what this is. I know how to do that. Because with other people, probably never heard of it. Would mm-hmm. probably be very overwhelmed by it, and just a, it's an emotional challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to, with a woman, with her body image, and all that kind of thing. But I was just thankful. I was okay because I knew I was like, this is to protect my baby, and this is hard. But for me, it was temporary. Some people had right. to have it, but for me, mm-hmm. it was temporary. So I had that all through my pregnancy, and then my second trimester of pregnancy, we did IV chemo, and that was also just another trust God thing. Lots of research on my doctors and just, like, asking God to give them wisdom because I've seen what chemo does to kids. I've given chemo to children. And so that was a – I just remember my first day of chemo. It was a really emotional day, Um, just being nervous really for myself and for my baby Mm -hmm. and just trusting God. I remember reading in um, just about the armor of God, like, okay, we're going into battle. This is battle, like, right now. Like, Lord, I'm – like, a spiritual and a physical battle, really, Mm -hmm. uh, is how I felt. And so I was like, okay – little one, we're on a battle, and Alex, my husband, we're in a battle, and um, I just felt uh, just God's comfort through it and peace, even though I didn't know the outcome, Mm -hmm. and I just knew all I had to do was put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and take one day at a time, because when I stepped back and kind of looked at all the what-ifs and the fears, I quickly just would Mm -hmm. go down that, as my mom calls it, the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) and it's hard to get out of there sometimes, so... We did the chemo for three months, um, and then I had a break, and I was able to deliver my baby, and he was healthy, and he's healthy now. Mm, he's um, almost 15 months old. Wow. He's walking around, talking. I don't know what he's saying, but he's jibber-jabbing all the time. <laughs> he's such a blessing. Um, so God protected him, and we got to see that blessing of not choosing to award him and allowing him to have a chance to live, and God led him, and we are thankful for that. And then... I had more scans when he was about three months old, and there was still a lymph node that showed up again. 
So we had to do more surgery. Uh, and actually, this was I was supposed to have my reversal. They were supposed mm-hmm. to reverse the ileostomy. And actually, the day that we had the scans, they told me the scans looked good. There was one little, a little um, lymph node that they were thinking probably was from childbirth that we'll take a look at it, but don't worry. And I was like, oh, we have clear scans. That's great. I'm going to have my, my surgery to reverse the ileostomy next week. And I remember I was in the grocery store, and my oncologist called me, and he was like, well... Not so much, <laughs> basically. Aww. He was calling because he knew I was in the grocery store and didn't want me to break down in tears. <laughs> but I talked to my surgeon that night. She called me and said that it was like 99% sure it was part of the cancer, that we were going to have to do another major surgery, that I wasn't going to be able to reverse my ileostomy yet, um, and that I will have to do radiation and chemo now. Mm. Again, mm-hmm. I was going to have to do radiation for the first time, but now a mm. chemo pill. And the part of that was, if you remember the uterus was always kind of on top of where mm-hmm. that area was. So it was a possibility that they would have to remove my uterus mm-hmm. completely. And like I mentioned, I'm a pediatric nurse. I've always loved children. I always loved being around children, wanted to have a big, big family. Just that was mm-hmm. what I envisioned for my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so when she told me that, and backing up a little bit, when I had IV chemo, it's always a possibility that could make you sterile. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, nope, it's not going to. I'm going to have more children. I just know it. And I really wasn't worried about it. So then when she told me that, I was like, well, wait. I was like, I thought I was supposed to have more children. Like, this isn't part of what I thought. You know, I was like, and so it was just going back to that. Okay, Lord, again, this is not what I expected. But I know you weren't taken aback by this. Mm -hmm. And you weren't surprised. Mm -hmm. I'm very surprised and in shock. But I know you have this. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I was in tears. Alex was in tears. And we were just crying. And I was just praying. I was like, okay, this is way too big for us again. This is another big thing we weren't expecting, but it's not too big for you. You've right. got this. So just yeah. show us how to walk this yeah. and give us the strength to walk this well. Mm. So we went to the surgery that next week. It's funny going into the surgery twice. Mm. I don't know. It, as a nurse, like you never think you're going to be a patient. Right. And then I've been a patient now. Here I am at my second surgery in like a, a year or year and a half. And I was like, this is just, I don't know. It was just, it's a strange feeling. But um, I remember right before the surgery, um, I guess just kind of like that ignorance is a bliss thing. Like, I didn't really have a worry that they weren't going to get the lymph node. Mm-hmm. But then that morning, I realized how difficult the surgery was going to be because every specialist under the sun came in. Mm. Kidney, uh, OB doctor, uh, I can't even remember. But they all came in and told me, like, what could happen, why they were there, all these possibilities yada 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 and I remember looking it was my mom and Alex and Carter was there and I was just like started sobbing I was like okay here we go and my mom just stopped and prayed and she was like Lord like you've got this we don't know the results of this we don't know what's going to happen but we know you're going to be with us Mm -hmm. no matter what Uh, so just be with the doctors give them supernatural wisdom of what Mm -hmm. to do in there and we're trusting you because I didn't know if I was going to come out with a uterus or not Mm -hmm. or if they were going to be able to get the lymph node so it was just kind of We'll see how it goes, you know? So then we got out, and they were able to get the lymph node, and I was told that, like, the OR room was ecstatic, that she was thrilled, because it was apparently in a very tricky spot. And she did not have to remove my uterus, but because I was going to have to do radiation, they completely removed my fallopian tubes, Mm. and they called it tacked my ovaries, moved my ovaries up by my hip bones. So in that... Because of radiation, mm-hmm. because radiation would have um, 
just affects so much of that area that it would have thrown me into like a, a mm-hmm. pre-menopause. Basically, I would have gone to menopause. So they were trying to save the ovaries for hormonal um, purposes mm-hmm. for me. But what that meant was that I wouldn't be able to have another mm-hmm. pregnancy because of what radiation does to your body. So that was really heartbreaking for us. Mm-hmm. That was um, something that I knew was a possibility but wasn't sure that was going to happen. Yeah. So that was a lot of just God healing our heart and like trusting him with that and still working through that grief process, Mm -hmm. which I think just takes time, but also remembering what he has done and that I do have a little boy Mm -hmm. and that he's healthy. And now that I've come out of it, uh, I hope I'm not making it sound like it's been an easy journey because it hasn't been. And like, I've had a lot of ups and downs and lots of tears and Mm -hmm. heartaches, but just being able to learn and have the opportunity to dig into God's word Mm -hmm. and stay focused on him because we can't always see what's going on. Like we just see, there's that verse. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, mm-hmm. since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. Mm-hmm. So it's just like at times I do get focused on the little part in my life. Like I kind of go inwardly and be like, I don't like how this is going. I want to have more babies. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know. And then I'm like, okay, it's not about me. There's a much, much bigger story mm-hmm. going on here that I don't see and that I have to trust God mm-hmm. with. And maybe we will have more children through adoption, mm-hmm. um, maybe through surrogacy, maybe not. Maybe just mm-hmm. Carter. Maybe he's my focus and Alex is my focus. There's just those things sometimes I've had to learn with letting go of dreams that as I'm seeking God mm-hmm. and he's refining me and my heart is going after him like full heart, heartedly, mm-hmm that he changes your dreams into right, what he right. wants for you. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that can be hard to understand. Yeah. Um, that, why won't he let me have what I want? Mm-hmm. Because usually, if we knew what he knew, we wouldn't want what we wanted. We'd want what he has right, for us. Right. But it can be a hard thing to understand in that moment. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, as we um, accept Christ and um, come to that understanding that we are uh, bought with a price. We are not mm-hmm. our own, mm-hmm. um, but we are children of God, and He is our good, good Father. Mm-hmm. And uh, surrender in those times when it doesn't make sense, and we can trust Him with the details of our life. And the beautiful thing is His mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Amen. Jenny, thank you for joining us today. Just in closing, anything else that you would like to say? Just one quick thing just um, through this is I just continue to learn that God's never going to leave us or forsake us. Um, And like I said earlier, we have nothing to fear and that we're always learning. He's always refining. He's always working through us. And I'm continuing to learn. I mess up every day, but I know that God is there helping me and rooting me on and loving me so I can be more like him and show others his love and his grace because that's what it's all about. And that to be obedient to God is usually not easy and is often painful um, because I look at Jesus and how he was obedient to the point of dying on a cross and how that I don't deserve anything and that I'll never be good enough. But because of his kindness and his love for me, that I'm able to continue to be obedient because of his sacrifice for me. That it's not about doing the right thing or being perfect, 
but it's about loving him. So in turn, I do want to glorify and love him well and show others his love. And one last thing I wanted to read, because sometimes my words don't do it justly, is from John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace. It's from The Utterance of the Heart, and he says perfectly, All our concerns are in his hands and therefore safe. His path is in the deep waters. His thoughts and methods of conduct are as high above ours as the heavens are high above the earth. And he often takes a course for accomplishing his purposes directly contrary to what our narrow views would prescribe. He wounds in order to heal. He kills that he may make alive. Cast down when he designs to raise, brings a death upon our feelings, wishes, and prospects when he is about to give us the desires of our hearts. These things he does to prove us, but he himself knows and has determined beforehand what he will do. The proof indeed usually turns out to our shame because we show impatience, unbelief, and they prompt us to suppose that this and the other thing that, yeah, perhaps all things are against us, and we question whether he is for us or if he's not. But it issues, likewise, in the praise of his goodness when we find that, contrary to what our thoughts would be of all our unkind complaints and suspicions, he is still working wonderfully for us, causing light to shine out of darkness and doing us good in defiance of ourselves. Mm. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Jenny Folt's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless.